welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, when you use promo code DNVR and make a $5 NBA Moneyline bet new customers, you can get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's with code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today is the return of AJ. Coincidentally, it's also your handle on Twitter. It's AJ Hayfley from the Colorado Avalanche beat. What's going on, buddy? What's up, man? How are you? Doing well. We've got a, a big game three to break down. This is probably the wrong day that you wanted to jump on the pod, but look, we booked it in advance, so we didn't yeah. know. Yeah, the rain out uh, uh, put us in a tough spot there. It was watching the game last night. I was like, ah, oh, this sucks. I have to relive this tomorrow. Yeah, that's, yes, but you're a man of your word. You came through here. We'll uh, we'll talk about the Astros' legacy in general too. I, I you got the smile on your face, so you are you are ready. This will be okay. Well, it'll be soft, but we actually got some uh, some Rockies news, and it's positive. The members only dis- Discord uh, that we've got uh, for members of the DNVR.com. Very excited, Brendan Rogers, NL Gold Glove Award winner at second base. Did this take you a little bit by surprise? Obviously, he was a finalist along with Ryan McMahon, but did you think that he could possibly win this award? Uh, I mean, at the start of the year, I would have said no, but uh, as the year went on, I think anybody that was actually paying attention knew that, uh, you know, that the Rogers had really grown into the position and it, you know, so much was made of his bat throughout the year and how. Uh, he had such a such a horrible start to the season, uh, and not enough got him made made of the defense. And you know we're we're also in a in this weird era where like winning a Gold Glove is neat, but how important really is defense in baseball? And um, you know I mean you looking look at the team that's two wins from the World Series. You know they were regularly butchers in the field uh, throughout the throughout the regular season. So. Uh, he was uh, anyway. Rogers was exceptional uh, this year defensively, and I think I think absolutely was a was a was a worthy winner. And I wasn't surprised when he actually uh, did win it. And it just sort of continues this really weird legacy of Rockies just winning Gold Gloves. Like they seem to have one or two exceptional defenders hanging around on their roster at all times. Yeah, I love the comment from Henry in our chat. Again, uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, great. But you can also go over to the DNVR Sports channel over on YouTube uh, to follow along. Leave some comments. Henry pointing out, yeah, 22 defensive run saves for Rodgers led all second basemen. So uh, that's a statistic that when they they give it to coaches, uh, seven per team, you can't vote for your own guys. The manager gets one, six coaches uh, get to vote. That's one of those pieces of data that's right on there on the paper. And so... You know, if uh, if you're a coaching staff that has a lot of things going on, you might just look at that number and just straight up say, well, hey, according to this one defensive metric, uh, he deserved it. So uh, the metrics liked him uh, more than than not outs above average, you know, maybe not as favorable, but, uh, you know, led all second baseman in, in diving plays. And as you point out, AJ, like, you know, he, he uh, had a rough start. And I think a lot of his offensive woes he brought out into the field with him defensively a little bit, maybe trying to do a uh, a bit too much, but Stu Cole there rallying the uh, the entire infield uh, with his wonderful uh, ground ball machine, which I hope uh, we get to see again next year. Uh, he's not going to be operating it, but really working hard with the young guys, uh, Montero, uh, Hampson, obviously Brendan Rogers here, and, and and that translating to the Gold Glove and talking with him uh, th- this past year. Article in in September all about his transition to second base. We think of shortstops being you know, uh, transitioning to second base as, as it being an easy transition. And I think if you're a shortstop, you obviously have a certain amount of athleticism, but there are details that go into playing uh, a quality second base, the angles of the throw, the going over to second base. Now you're going to your right in a much different yeah. capacity. You can't see the runner like you could before. And so there are all those elements that I think take a little bit of time. And, you know, it, it's almost been the story of Brendan Rogers' career. Hey, we'd like for you to develop a little bit quicker than you have. But bottom line is he's he is coming along at his pace, and that's all right. Yeah, I mean the when you're talking about that transition. I always think about that that uh, I I went on a date once one once many many years ago with the girl. We went bowling, and uh, for fun, I decided to try and bowl left-handed. 
and I'm right-handed. So uh, when I was trying to do it, all of my steps were backwards. All the footwork is backwards. And when you're trying to transition from uh, shortstop to second base, it's kind of the same thing that all of your footwork, especially when you're going to the bag and you're trying, you know, double plays and things like that, um, all of it is backwards. You spent your whole life doing it on one side and then you do it on the other side. It's just a totally different experience. I love that analogy too, because, you know, people might say, yeah, well, they're a professional athlete, but something as basic as that, where, you know, a lot of people bowl their entire life. I, I come up no. with a, from a bowling background and it's just, you're taking steps, but you mm-hmm. actually have to consciously think something as basic as that. Well, what, what's my first step? And then yeah. how, how, how long is each step and that coordination for something as basic as, Dropping a bowling ball behind you, bringing mm-hmm. it forward, having a straight arm. It's so basic, and yet it takes time to develop. That was the case with Rogers here. Yeah, the uh, basics helped me too. I actually bowled better left-handed that night than I did right-handed, so that was great. <laughs> wow, it's working out for AJ. It's working yeah. out for Brendan Rogers, first infielder to win a gold glove with the Rockies since, no surprise, Nolan Arenado uh, back in 2020. First second baseman uh, to do it since 2018. DJ LeMayhew, he's the uh, the eighth player in Rockies history to win a gold glove. Everyone that has won a gold glove, except Nafi Perez, has more than one. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, he goes the Nafi Perez route and, and only wins the one, or if he wins multiples like Tulowitzki, Cargo, Pelton, uh, as well as Larry Walker, Arenado, LeMayhew there. So that was nice to see. And Arenado, of course, continues his streak 10 consecutive. Did you think this might've been the year perhaps AJ that uh, Arenado did not get the gold glove either because of McMahon or Cabrian Hayes, the other two finalists in the national league at third base. I really thought last year might've been the year um, where it was, there was a chance because the door was open. Uh, a lot of the numbers weren't really in his favor, uh, but they were good enough that it was just like, Oh, Nolan, give it to him. Um, so, but I, I was not, I'm not surprised. I, unless, unless Ryan McMahon does something truly superhuman over there, uh, he's not going to beat out Nolan Arenado for a gold glove. They just won't do it, especially with the streak and everything else. There's no way, there's no way. Um, I, I just don't think that there's any way that Ryan McMahon has a real shot at that. Uh, you, have barring, to, you have to beat the camp. You have to like, definitively do it. Like, barring something like really 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 special or you know like a year where they they have a good excuse not to give it to nolan you know like he gets hurt and he misses half the season or something like you know not rooting for that obviously i'm just saying um it would i think that's where it's going to take something like that to happen um to to give them the opportunity to just say somebody else has a shot at this yeah 10 uh to start his career that ties Ichiro Suzuki, slightly different situation there as Ichiro was, was already a professional at that point. I think he was uh, 26 years old uh, for his first gold glove campaign there uh, in right field ties with uh, Michael. Yeah. Ties with Michael Jack Schmidt uh, for second most all time there at third base with the 10. He's only behind uh, Brooks Robinson at 16 man. Even though he's done it every single year, he's still six away from tying. I tend to think, no, he's, he's probably not going to. That just seems almost an impossibility, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, I would have said 10 to start his career was pretty unlikely, especially watching him as a prospect back in the day. I would have said that was really unlikely. So, um, you know, I'm not going to count the guy out. Yeah, it could, it, it could require that, like you said, superhuman feet a little bit the metrics that we know uh that that are out there for defense you know they're they're not the greatest um you know i don't, I don't think we've had them fine-tuned I, I think all 30 teams uh or maybe at least 29 probably have really good analytics departments and uh and, and have really good defensive metrics way better than the public facing ones and so they they might have a much better idea but you're right if you just think about the highlight plays like how many gold gloves did Jim Edmonds end up winning just because he was really good at timing out those full extension grabs. And uh, not to say that Arenado does that at all, but uh, I very much think he, uh, he positions himself on the field to make a lot of those plays down the line. Uh, Similar to like Brooks Robinson uh, used to make uh, very frequently in the world series, those barehanded grabs and, and someone who's watched Ryan McMahon uh, his entire career, I don't see him making as many as those plays. That being said, 
where he is positioned, maybe a little bit further back, he's stealing a couple doubles and a couple base hits that might get by someone like a Nolan Arenado. So, you know, the defensive metrics, sometimes uh, they might help out and show those things. Whereas the highlights make you feel, wait a minute, just look at Nolan Arenado. Look at the plays he's making, the plays that Ryan McMahon is making. They don't look flashy. It's just because he's well positioned on the field and he's gobbling up and supporting his team defensively a little bit more in the long run than someone like Nolan Arenado. So that's that's a big thing to to possibly overcome to win a gold glove against this guy who's, you know, uh, just just a, an entity in and of himself. Yeah, I mean, he's a titan at the position. You're to beat him out for a gold glove, you would basically be stealing history. So. Uh, and I think that um, I just don't uh, baseball is that kind of sport where I don't think that people want to do that. I think they want to continue to give it to Nolan every year. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's that, that's an easy thing to do. Right. Like, again, you've got to you've got to be head and shoulders above the rest uh, to possibly get that. And so Cabrian Hayes, he's made a case. We'll see what happens next year. McMahon. He's back, really back. special. He is. He's good. He's just got to so. keep himself healthy, I think. It, and and the pirates need to be somewhat you know more relevant so that people are watching his games, yeah. Um, in order for him to get that kind of uh, good luck uh, with that. Yeah, good luck indeed. Uh, it's kind of funny. Rogers wins the uh, Gold Glove at second base, as we said first since 2018, as far as second baseman goes. Uh, DJ Lemayhu, DJ Lemayhu wins a Gold Glove over in the American League. Do you know what position he won the Gold Glove award for? AJ, I don't know if you saw no, this. I didn't look at this. He didn't win it for second base. He didn't win it for third base. He didn't win it for first base. He technically won it for all of them. He won the utility player award. It's a brand new award they gave out this year for a player that ultimately doesn't have a, a true home. So he, he's the first one in the uh, in the American League utility player because, you know, he did bounce around a little bit, didn't have the opportunity in Colorado. Arenado was there. Uh, didn't really uh, need him over there at, at first base quite as much, but uh, he wins the first American League utility player award, which was pretty a cool neat. idea. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's I think it's very fitting to have that. There are a couple guys that got nominated, I think, as like second baseman and utility player. So they might need to work those those kinks out in there. But uh, but I do like that idea of someone who's, you know, maybe doesn't have that true home. And again, if you're looking only at defensive run saves, you say, oh, this guy was fifth in defensive run saves at second base and fifth at third base. Well, you put those two together. He might be the best defensive player in all of the game. Boom, now you got the utility player award. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ben Zobrist was kind of a unicorn back in the day when he sort of started this trend. And then, you know, you end up with a guy like even Chris Bryant, you know, before he got to Colorado was, you know, he was he was moved around quite a bit. And this whole concept of like a, a utility guy, a guy that would just fill in all over your roster um, became a pretty normal thing in baseball. And I think rewarding that guy instead of punishing that guy. Um, with an opportunity like a gold glove, because come con contract time, you know, guys are going to appreciate having the extra, the extra opportunity to add something to the old resume there. That's it. Yeah. LeMahieu's got his money uh, with the Yankees, but to your, to your point, AJ, uh, Brendan Donovan, he won the national league utility award uh, yesterday. Uh, first rookie in the national league to win a gold glove since Nolan Arenado again. Damn, we just keep coming back to this guy. 2013, uh, he won it his rookie season. He also had Jeremy Pena and Stephen Kwan of the Guardians, uh, both winning uh, as rookies in the American League at shortstop uh, and left field, respectively. So uh, 14 first-time winners there at the Gold Glove. It's nice to uh, to see that kind of get spread around a little bit to, to guys that are deserving rather than just the, 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 the teams that we know, the big market clubs. Yeah, and Gold Glove has always been the one that – it was a good it was a good cop out to just give it to the same guys all the time because it's hard it takes it's, it's hard to figure out Rafael Palmero anybody 1999 he's Derek Jeter win gold gloves <laughs> yeah that that too not as egregious I mean he at least did play shortstop but yes absolutely I I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that and uh, I would agree with anybody hanging down on the corner of Colfax in York at the DNVR bar, uh, especially when you consider when you're a member, you get yourself 15% off 
your bill. Like that's insane to even think of that's going to pay for your membership in and of itself. But of course, we're going to give you some wonderful content from the Broncos, Nuggets, Rockies. AJ's uh, writing some bangers over there all about the Avalanche. We got to talk about what's going on right now with the Avalanche because they are not on this continent right now. We'll break that down in a second. Uh, You can get all that information and more in our members only Discord. Uh, we don't have to worry about politics or a-holes, anything like that. And if you're ready to go all, all in on that annual membership, you do get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. It's football season. As we know, Broncos coming off a big win over in London. We had all kinds of wonderful coverage from that on just about all, all across social media, as well as our site. Some great articles written up uh, by Henry Chisholm, Zach Stevens, Ryan Konigsberg. Great stuff. Broncos Country Pale Ale. It's the hometown craft beer of the Denver Broncos. Show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo. And 100% Colorado ingredients, my favorite part. Keeping it in state. your go-to for football season. Check out the beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Broncos Country Pale Ale near you. And if you're in on the NBA, basketball we know is back. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is hooking up new customers whereby... You can win $200 in free bets if your team wins when you make any $5 NBA money line bet. It's it's that simple. And everyone, you can also boost your winnings up to 100%. That's double. Uh, with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays, you can opt in, place a stepped up same game parlay today. Payouts are bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA and to bet on the World Series. We'll talk about if I was right about game one. Look, I, I was right. I, I had the Phillies, believe it or not, uh, doing that. Even though I said Houston in five games, AJ, I'm very inconsistent, but it allows me to cover all my bases so that I, I can win more money and, and feel like I'm always right, especially with DraftKings Sportsbook, and especially when you use promo code DNVR because any $5 NBA Moneyline bet this week is going to get you $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. AJ, you are one of the few people um, yesterday to not homer off Lance McCullers Jr. What uh, what went wrong for you yesterday in game three? Well, I didn't have an at-bat. Uh, otherwise, I would have had a shot at it, man. Uh, I would have liked my chances. Uh, all this talk about tipping pitches and stuff, man. I don't know. Lance McCullers... Uh, just kind of wilts in the World Series, honestly. It's like this every year, um, which is a weird thing to say uh, about the World Series. Like, oh, yeah, every time we get back to it, we're here again. Uh, he's, I don't know. I'm not the world's biggest Lance McCullers fan, so I think that it's a, uh, uh, what went wrong is Lance McCullers pitched. and <laughs> it, Yeah, it was it was a historic performance but for all the wrong reasons. First pitch of the game. This game was a lot about first, both historically and and first pitches. First pitch of the game, uh, Altuve goes opposite way. Nick Castellanos with another gem of a grab. Love that sliding catch. This, this is kind of he's, – he's going to get a, a nice little bobblehead or something because he's always on his butt making those sliding catches, it seems like, this, off se- this postseason. He's been uh, fantastic. And then first pitch that Bryce Harper sees – uh, first pitch PCs in Philadelphia in the World Series, home run that set the tone. I think four of his six postseason home runs so far this postseason have given the Phillies a lead. He is otherworldly. It's a great right. picture. The uh, the guy standing up in the front row with the blue shirt, uh, I think, is all of us. Yeah, good and bad. If you're if it's good, if you're excited, you're like, oh my god. And if it's bad, you're like, oh my god. Mouth agape. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, his last two swings, swings, folks, uh, at Citizens Bank Park. You've got that home run in Game Five to clinch the NL pennant in the bottom of the eighth, and then that first pitch yesterday, two-run home run against Houston. The uh, one of my favorite comments. Of the entire postseason, and this is this is something I haven't been able to articulate. So uh, I can't say he took the words out of my mouth. He just took the the entire sentiment of anyone that bitches and complains, which we know happens in sports, over the silliest things that very much we know is is meaningless. Mike Petriello says, "You know, I really wish we'd gotten to see Ranger Suarez hit there instead of DH Bryce Harper," and that I mean underlines the whole conversation of well. 
but the pitcher should hit in the National League. Stop. Please stop. The DH, both leagues, it's fine. I, I haven't yeah. heard too many people complaining about it this year, to be honest. But before it's happened, a lot of complaining, and then everyone immediately goes quiet when they realize yeah, no one, no one wants to see the pitcher hit. No one wants a, a pinch hitter coming off the bench in the fifth inning. Oh, does he or doesn't he? No one cares about that. That's that's never a part of a highlight, ever. This is. It's a designated hitter. It's a big home run. Let's drop that conversation. I Bryce Harper, I think, is just uh, – he's amazing, man. Um, for for a guy to have come into the, the sport with the hype that he did um, – he hasn't like taken over um like i think some people might have thought you know with uh, several mvp run you know in this like dominant uh singular career but he's on the you know he's he's two wins away from a second world series title with two different franchises um i'm i don't know uh I just kind of tip my cap to that guy. The the pressure that he's faced his entire life, you know, being the prodigy, uh, being compared, you know, he was the LeBron James of baseball back in the day. Like he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a 16 year old, you know, guy is reclassifying, not so that he can go to college earlier, but so that he can go to community college to be drafted. Like the guy, he just his whole path and and then living up to it. And and changing his game as the game kind of changed around him as it became, you know, the, the launch angle era and all that it kind of took off. And uh, he became more of a home run focused uh, hitter. And I, I don't know. I just he is. Uh, I, I know he's a kind of a divisive uh, and polarizing player in, in the baseball landscape, but. Um, as, as somebody who's like baseball is like their second sport in their daily life. Like, uh, he is, he's definitely a guy that I, I appreciate. I love watching him play. I, uh, I still don't know how he, uh, threw the helmet so poorly at whatever that giants pitcher's name Hunter was Strickland? Hunter Strickland. Yeah. Um, I'll always remember it though. Uh, it's great, but. Um, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I love Bryce Harper. I just, I just want to say like, I understand I'm on the other side of the fence on this with the Astros and all that, but just as a, if, 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 if they're going to lose to the Phillies, like losing to Bryce Harper doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this world series is, is interesting for, for both sides, uh, both, both dugouts, you know, the Astros legacy. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit. And then Harper too. I think, I think this could be a moment where that flips. You're right. I think he's been maybe controversial in, in, in the past. Why? Doesn't actually make sense. It, nothing is, is has, he's never really done much to say, oh, Bryce Harper is, is a jerk. Again, he's he's at the forefront and he's a name. The the biggest thing that you would maybe point to to say like, all right, where's, where's the anti-Harper uh, sentiment? That would be some of his peers who I think ahead of the 2019 season, you know, voted him as the most overrated player. But those are his peers that have been hearing about him for over a decade, as you said, being on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He was even mentioned in the New York Times at 13 years old. And you say like, OK, you understand that. But what has what has this guy necessarily done wrong? And here he is with Philadelphia lifting his team, going to a city that hadn't you know, made the postseason in, in close to a decade when he signed that deal. And, uh, and, and we saw it in this game too, because right there at the beginning of the second inning, he says, Hey, Alec Bohm, come here for a second. I got to tell you something. I, I want you to get in on this too. We're up to nothing. And I think we're, we're not going to give up a, another run for the rest of this game, which they did not do. So he could, he could have had all the plaudits in the world and it could have been another Bryce Harper game, but he didn't make it about that. He says, Bohm, I got to tell you something. We don't know what he said, but we do know the result. First pitch. Boom. By Bohm, he goes deep there with a big home run, and that's the the first of two. Uh, that was actually the 1,000th home run in World Series history, which is interesting. Ken Rosenthal asking Bohm, "Hey, so what did uh, Harper say?" He's got to ask the question, but of course, you know, Bohm just says, like, "Yeah, that's that's between us," and, and shrugs. Brendan Marsh does it later in the inning with a solo shot, made it four nothing, and it becomes the first time in World Series history a team has homered three times in the first two innings. 
Lance McCullers tipping pitches. I, I've heard some people say not necessarily because those, um, you know, those images and the video of him throwing, uh, throwing pitches, uh, one, he was in the stretch. One was in the windup. So maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, but bottom line, look, they, they had his number. And even after the game, McCullers, uh, and, and Dusty Baker, you know, could have maybe gotten him off the hook just a little bit and said, no, I don't think it was tipping pitches at all. I just sucked. He didn't say yeah, he sucked, just, but I just got teed <laughs> off on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, they got rocked, man. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Did you do you think that maybe Dusty maybe should have uh gotten the hook a little bit quicker? Did have two scoreless innings there in the third and the fourth uh for McCullers, but by that by the point Marsh hit the home run and it's four nothing, you've got a loaded, loaded bullpen of relievers that can shut the yeah. Phillies offense down. Would that have maybe been the better moment to just take him out right there at the bottom of this bottom of the second inning? Yeah, I mean, uh I would say in both in both games one and three, you could make that argument that you know, hey man, you have a loaded, you do have a loaded bullpen that has been dominant this postseason. Rested. It's it's been very, very, very good this postseason. And what are you doing here, man? Like, why are we? You know, this. In some ways, it's kind of refreshing because watching watching Fromber just dominate for seven innings and throw a hundred pitches every time he goes out there, and you know, it's a great joy of my life. But, uh. Watching watching him stick with the starter a little bit too long in the other end, it's like, ah, come on. But of course, that's always hindsighty, right? Like you're talking about you're talking about the guy that's gonna win the Cy Young and Verlander and, and Lance McCullers, who's as much as I don't personally uh like Lance McCullers that much, uh pretty good pitcher. Uh but it is it is it is odd to me that hey, hey man, you have a great bullpen. Um what are we doing here? Is it? Yeah, well rested too, right? Like they haven't thrown too many pitches in the past month. On the other, on the other, uh, on the other hand, you know he uh, he isn't he isn't stretching that bullpen out. He isn't putting them in a situation where they could be in a really tough spot. You know, if uh, they had pitched, you know, seven innings yesterday, you know, you go through a lot of arms. You got to you don't know how that goes, and your offense didn't score any runs anyway. So looking back on it, it's like, well, it ended up that that game was already lost. It didn't matter. Uh, so, hey, maybe he just saved the arms. Yeah, bottom of the fifth is where it really went topsy-turvy there. Kyle yeah. Schwarber with an enormous two-run home run. Mound visit, uh, I imagine, just said, hey, don't give up another home run. Unfortunately, McCullers Jr. did not heed that warning. And then Rice Hoskins, Reese Hoskins, Solo home run, five home runs through the first five innings, a World Series first, only the fourth time in World Series history. A team had hit five homers in a game. The last was the 2017 Astros. The 89 A's did it, as well as the 1928 Yankees. One year after the uh, Murderers Row Yankees, Babe Ruth hit three in that game. And, of course, this is the first time ever one pitcher had given up five home runs. Before that, I think three other guys had given up four. So wrong side of history in more ways than one for Lance McCullers. Oh, I mean that's where the Astros end up. Yeah, you know, not wrong. Not wrong side of history is kind of kind of the legacy that they're starting to leave now. Sure, four and a third innings pitched, six hits, seven runs total, one walk, five Ks. On the flip side, uh, Ranger Suarez, very solid. Five innings pitched, three hits, did not give up a run. Walked one, struck out four. Only the second scoreless performance by a starter in uh, 40 of the Phillies World Series games. The other, Kurt Schilling, in 1993. So uh, he looked good. He pitched in game one. This was one of the uh, benefits, if you will, for the Phillies with the rain out. It allowed them to kind of reset their rotation just a little bit. Suarez was going to be pitching on Tuesday regardless, but now it's game three. Now you got Nola in game four. Wheeler's ready in, in game six. So they've they've got it lined up the way they uh, really would like to. Good for them. <laughs> so so maybe maybe now is is the time to to kind of you know get your 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 opinion on the the Astros and and everything that 
that this run to the World Series means because we know in 17, 18, uh, there was you know much much discussion from the commissioner and you know a lot of teams were were cheating a lot of teams were misbehaving uh let, let's let's phrase it that way in, in fact actually even before we get into our conversation i, I want to let you know about game time tickets because this is going to be a long conversation and uh this is this is as quick and easy as you can get 60 percent up 60 percent off up to that much uh, when you wait close to the tip off first pitch puck drop it, it's happening for world series games too you can do this so if you're in the area and you're on the fence about attending something use game time tickets it's fantastic i've done it for shows over at red rocks i've done it for games at ball arena and you can get really good seats too on the 50 yard line courtside floor seats for a concert you name it cool thing is you should use the link in our description to save because that ends up helping us out uh, they've been doing this for a very long time. 50 million people have downloaded the Game Time app, so you definitely should do it too. Uh, AJ, I don't know if you've gotten a tour of the Hassel Cattle Company plant there uh, in Texas. I know you're from there, so perhaps uh, you've you've vetted them really well because the product that we get is fantastic. They can ship to anywhere in the U.S. Uh, I love their American Wagyu. They call it the blue collar American Wagyu because it's top shelf, but it's affordable. You know, home chefs, they love to to use that. We love it at our tailgates, too. So we got, if you come on out to any of the Broncos games, party with us uh, over at DNVR. Uh, and enjoy a delicious smoked stuffed sausage off the grill at our Broncos tailgates. Head over to HassleCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com to secure your bag of beef. And use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. That's DNVR20 for 20% off. AJ, it seems... It's going to take a while for some people really to bury the whole concept of the sign stealing and the banging scandal. But do you think this run to the World Series has really quieted some people that are on the fence to say, you know what, three hitters are still around, right? It's still Altuve, Bregman, and Gurriel. But for the most part, you know, this is a different team. This is a different group of players, coaching staff, front office to a degree as well. And let's, let's go ahead and kind of Let's let's forgive them, so to speak. Let's let's put that in the past. Do you think that this run has has done that just a little bit? No, no, I don't think so because Neanderthals don't care about nuance, uh, and so they're gonna they're just gonna see the red meat and they're gonna scream and holler about it and be mad about it forever. And uh, me personally, I don't care. Um, I know that most of the Astros fan base, uh, I don't, I don't, you know. It's not a fan base that I could say that I resonate a lot with because I don't have any Astros fans friends. Uh, I don't live there anymore. You know, like it's not, uh, I'm not super well connected, but I'd be willing to bet that they all feel pretty, pretty similarly as I do. Uh, Y'all can either get over it. You can keep being mad about something you can't change. Uh, It's up to you. Whatever you do, whatever you do with your time and how you spend your energy, it's your call. Uh, for me, I don't give a shit either way. Yeah, I think I think the an average sports fan, maybe even the average baseball fan, might hold you know the sign stealing scandal you know against this current you know, team of players. I think I think it's yeah. more likely more likely average sports fan. I think if you're an average baseball fan, you can kind of get past it. You're going to bring it up. Yeah, you, you almost have to mention it just to say, hey, I I, I know my history. I, I know what went on. But you also know that other teams were doing it. You also know there's, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And and yes, uh, it, I, I think I think the the idea that you know they were tanking on top of it, it's almost like you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you're not going to fool me twice. Uh, and 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 that that fits in very well with uh, uh, the location of the person who said that <laughs> uh, there down there in uh, in Texas. But but the bottom line is like, you know what? Uh, we don't want them to get away with it. And, and what's done is done. You know, the commissioner uh, stripped him of uh, you know, some draft picks and back-to-back years. Probably wasn't harsh enough. Um, you know, the penalties that uh, didn't really get doled out to really any yeah. players. Carlos Beltran was really the only guy that got punished. You know, you had to, they had to make a choice. Um, yeah. They could either tell the story. They could either get the story about what really happened and who was involved. And the punishments couldn't be doled out because of the agreements that they made to get the story. Uh, or they would not, they would have an inconclusive investigation. Guys weren't going to roll over on teammates and whatever without, without some, some promise of immunity there. And that was it. They had to make a choice. Uh, so you, we, people can continue to be mad about the punishments, but, uh, 
uh, I don't know. I don't know what you wanted them to do. You either you either have an inconclusive investigation and everybody feels gross about it, and like and and nothing gets done, and we just sort of sit with this like Barry Bondsian. We know this shit happened, but couldn't quite get to couldn't quite get there uh, to to proving that you know that it went down. Or, uh, you know, we're, we are where we are, where it was definitively, conclusively proven that it took place. We got juicy details of it, but punishments were not meted out in, in such a way that were satisfactory to people. Uh, I, I just, for me, that's always been a point of contention, uh, just that, that they they had to make a choice there. They had to decide which one of those routes that they were going to live with and for people to continue to hold that against baseball is like they were in a lose-lose spot there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you, you, you said something there about, you know, talking about the story, you know, what, what is the story? It is the story that the Astros were out on an Island unto themselves doing this thing that nobody else was doing, or were they just, you know, not the ringleader, but were they the, the, the face of it much like Barry Bonds was the face of the steroid era. Yeah. There is a much bigger story there. So if you were going to tell that whole story, it was going to go beyond what happened in the the Astros clubhouse. It would go it would go to a lot of other teams, uh, and I, I, I fair to say it very well could have been all thirty teams doing that in some shape or form to varying varying degrees. And that's a story that Major League Baseball doesn't want to get out. So you know what exactly hey, Astros exactly. You were the ones who were doing it. We're going to you know, give you that slap on the wrist so that it looks good enough for just about everybody. And we as a sport are going to move on. The Astros, you know, they're put up on the cross for that. And so uh, they have to bear that. But then all the other 29 teams in the sport in general can kind of move on. And that's that's kind of how it's played out. So really, it, it, it's worked out for, for MLB in that way. Not as much for the Astros or for people who are have been upset by that. And, Again, Astros become the poster boy for it, and um, yeah, and baseball needed that. They needed a they yeah. needed a villain to be. Scapegoat. They needed a they needed a central villain. It's not even really a scapegoat. They did it. They cheated. They got caught. Like the works, those things happened. Uh, but they needed they needed that the the villain. They needed they needed a prime villain. You know, Batman needs Joker. Otherwise, he's just beating up people in an alley. You know what I mean? Like. MLB MLB was not going to go through 30 clubhouses, dig up all the secrets and be like, hey, look at this huge, huge uh, amount of cheating that has been going on league-wide. It wasn't just the Astros. That's That would not have been productive for anybody. It wouldn't have been productive for the game. Um, and nobody would have felt good about it. You know, everybody, everybody would have turned on everybody and it, it would have ripped at the internal fabric of the sport. Instead, we get a nice, tidy cheating scandal. Astros bad. And that's that's where we are. And that's look for me. I can live with it. Uh, organizations. Unfortunately, this is the reality of sports. Organizations get caught on a, on a regular basis doing things. Um, you know, we literally like. This week, we had a tampering thing in the NBA that came down uh, about the 76ers talking to free agents early and stuff, which, whatever. Who cares? Um, on, right? Like, losing yeah. second round. Whoa. Losing, losing second round picks for a team that thinks it's a title contender. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, like, these things happen. And I think that the, the, the whole cheating thing for the Astros, it's. I think what really sucks from my perspective, from our perspective, from the Houston side of this, is that they've been in six league championship series in a row. They've made four out of six World Series. And the only one that they've won is the one attached to the cheating scandal. They could win just one, just one, without it. It's it's the ultimate, like, we didn't need that. But if it gets to this, this era ends, whatever, however many years, you know, I don't know how many more years in a row you can really expect them to keep going to the World Series. Uh, but whenever, whenever this era comes to an end and we get to the, you know, we get to the end of it and we look back on it, and if that's the only World Series that they will have won, it's tainted. 
And if they win two, if they get a second one, the first one, it's tainted still. But you still look at the era and say, that's still one of the great eras, one of the great, like, teams, or the one of the best run organizations for this for that era of time. Yeah, I, I would I would even claim to say that they're they're kind of already there now in that that dynasty mold. I mean, I think you know in, in baseball you can't you can't have that though. You can't be considered any kind of a dynasty if you only have one chip. You know, we we look at the Atlanta Braves winning a decade's worth of divisions in a row, and the 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 Smoltz and Glavin and Maddox era, those three guys. We look at that and we we always lament one one World Series. You only got one out of that. You got those three guys. You got Chipper Jones. You got Andrew. You know, you got Andrew Jones in the uh, in center field. Like, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I can go one further and say the Buffalo Bills never won a Super Bowl in, in the '90s, but they went exactly four consecutive Super Bowls. But there's something dynastic about that. It's, you know, I, it's I, I know a great what you're accomplishment yeah. to make four out of six World Series in a modern era and not be and and because they aren't one of these teams that is printing money you know they aren't the yankees they aren't the dodgers they don't have the same financial power carlos correa walked in the offseason they've had to make hard decisions they've had to replace guys internally kyle tucker and the jeremy Peña's of the world you know like they've had to come up with their own prospects and their own you know they've lost so many guys in free agency that they've had to make financial decisions with it's not that i'm crying poor here don't get me wrong it's not the case, but they are not in that same class where they can just be like, yeah, we'll just throw money at this problem. And, oh, we're going to have a luxury tax issue? Oh, okay, well, that's fine, too. Like, they don't live in that world, so they have to continue to be well-run. They have to continue to find solutions here. Uh, and and it's it it will take away from it if they don't get another title. Yeah. It will it will be a big pockmark on... on just that this era of baseball where you talk, you look at a team and there will be no appreciation because of the cheating and because the cheating happened at the start of it, there I will think... be no appreciation whatsoever, even though it should help it. If, if say right. this, there was a six year run and the cheating scandal happened at the end of it, you could be looking at the whole thing and going, God, how long has this been going on? How much of this is tainted instead it happened at the start of their their run, the this run that they've had, and instead, it, I, I in my mind, it should be like, look, it it happened, and then they put a stop to it, and look at how special this run has been since. But instead, it's like they're cheaters, and they're just cheaters, and like that's perception, and that's just the way that it is these days. They aren't going to be able to walk around that, but they need the second title to validate it. In my opinion, they need I a second title. I think I think you're right in, in, from the the perspective of this the second championship clears it up for anyone who's maybe not paying attention quite as much like that that helps settle that debate. But as you pointed out, the fact that they lost Garrett Cole in, after 2019 and lost George Springer after 2020 and lost Carlos Correa after 2021 last season, and yet they were able to find these internal replacements. That has nothing to do with stealing signs. That's player development. That is yeah. getting creative. That is making good trades. Uh, a lot of which those players that they they traded away or acquired, again, has nothing to do with sign stealing. It might have to do with tanking. That might have to do with building up a really good farm system, uh, doing a good job internationally. That's where they had, they deserve that credit. And how you know again, player development and, and and trading and drafting and sign stealing are two different things. Sign stealing helps you in a game in and of itself. Doesn't make doesn't magically you know, give you an, or make better players, better players in the moment, but not, you know, three, four years down the line as they've been yeah. able to prove. And because there's such, you know, general parity in baseball from the aspect of, again, every year you look at the World Series and it's like, you just don't even see teams going back to the World Series in back to back years, let alone winning it. It's the Astros playing the NL darling of the year. The team that yeah. the team that comes out of the NL gets really hot and is the team of destiny gets to go beat the Astros that year. Yeah. Oh, hey, look, here we are. And in the last decade, I mean, again, what team has had that much success? It's for that reason why I kind of put that that dynasty tag a little bit on, on the Astros. So it's, um, it's fascinating because I think you've got two franchises that are kind of having all-time great runs. Yeah. You've got the Dodgers in the NL. 
But their only World Series win is the COVID year. Is the year where they only played 60 games or whatever. And part of the prob part of the hard part of winning a World Series is it's grueling. You've got to you've, you've April till November. You've got it's a long process. And for them to have only gotten that one title so far during that time. And it's it's from the Dodgers case, though. I mean, it's not even like they're making the World Series every year. No. You know, no. like they're yeah. oh, can they even get out of the first round they're allowed to play in? So, um, which gl- glorious that they continue to just light money on fire. Glorious. But with the it, it's interesting to see those parallels where the Dodgers like because if you're you're talking about two teams that are having tremendous amount of success, you know the uh, the Astros aren't winning quite as many games in the regular season every year, but you are talking about several 100 win seasons. You know, like their low watermark is a 95 win year, where you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, like that's that's. Yeah, and he's have one of those, I think, right? <laughs> the weird, the weird part of the 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 Astros being the villain here is that they're the team that beats the Yankees every year. Like, there you go, doing us a favor, doing every, doing the baseball world a favor here, and still can't get any love for it. The only way to beat the evil empire, be more evil. Yeah, to be the eviler empire, apparently. But That's like it. the Red Sox did that for a long time. And now, you know, and now they're back to being the Red Sox, and we, the Astros are keeping the Yankees from being the Yankees again. We're doing you guys a favor. Yeah, I can't can't argue with that. Uh, can't argue with the pitching matchup tonight. It's going to be great in Game Four. Christian Javier versus Aaron Nola. Do we get the Aaron Nola that we saw in Game One, four and a third innings yep. pitched, five runs, or the one that? pitched against the Houston Astros in game 160 of the regular season, six and two thirds innings pitch, two hits, no runs, nine Ks and AJ. I know no. you're going to say, yeah, but the Astros were resting their guys. They weren't. That, that was a full Astros team that he did that against. Which one do you think we're going to see tonight? Game one. Ooh. Yeah. This is, this is Which, as like, close as hey, it must be, as it can be for, for the Astros right now. Phillies, the Phillies would take game one all over again because they like that end result. But, uh, I'll take a, I'll take another lead. Yeah, who isn't better at home? Astros have a bit of an advantage with Christian Javier because the Phillies haven't really seen him. Uh, two at bats for Cal Schwarber, uh, seven for uh, Brandon Marsh. He's four for seven with a double as far as facing him. But uh, the dude Brandon, hasn't given Brandon up Marsh run. blows me away. He looks so much like Brent Burns. It freaks me out. Yeah. I just the whole caveman thing. I just can't get. I'm like. You're in the wrong sport, my man. Put on some ice skates. Let's come to my world. Yeah, he's he's an interesting cat for sure. Javier has not given up a run since September 7th, 28 and a third consecutive scoreless frames. The Astros just can roll. Well, that's those probably going to end. So you got Noel's going to give up a bunch of – is it going to be another one of those homer games? Are we going to see a lot of deep balls? Yeah, probably. It's baseball, baby. It's baseball. They, they did not put him in the humidor. Uh, over there at Citizens Bank Park. So uh, could get very lively tonight. AJ Law, let folks know real quick uh, if, if they're they're baseball only, if they're Rockies only. You might be able to convince them to check out the Avs because they're, they're doing some interesting things right now. I mean, you're going to jump on the Avalanche bandwagon. Now's the time to do it, guys. Uh, you're also well, a little bit late, but still. You I was going to say, well, late. maybe six months ago would have been the time to do it, but <laughs> Uh, this is still going to be a pretty good era for Avalanche hockey. Uh, you know, they uh, over at DNVR Avalanche, we are we are covering the Stanley Cup champs uh, every day. We you know Jesse's in Finland with the team right now. Uh, the team is in Finland because it has a couple of uh, Finnish stars. Uh, they are participating in the league's global series event, which puts NHL teams in European countries that feature players like star players from those countries uh both columbus and colorado have star finished players unfortunately columbus's star finished player is hurt so it really kind of backfired there but colorado's finished players are better anyway so they get to really feature those guys now um it's a good time it's a good time to come hang out with us over on the beat you know we've got a lot of talented people doing a lot of great work and uh you know pods videos written stuff you know the works the dnvr experience and 
The bar gets uh, pretty crazy during the playoffs, which uh, we are expecting the Avs to return to this year. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's a long season, whatnot, but we are expecting them to return and hopefully make another run. And you guys cover the minors too, which uh, which I like that with the Colorado Eagles. Megan Angley, yeah, good job. Hey, can you can you dispel the rumor that the only reason Jesse is over in Finland and not you or Megan or Rudo uh, was because he uh, got closest to the spelling of Reykjavik, the capital of Iceland, which isn't Finland, but somehow that that was was that it was no. a spelling test, a Finnish no. spelling test. Uh, it was. Uh, this is a really sore subject for us. Uh, <laughs> It was uh we'll 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 just say it was happenstance. Uh, Jesse okay. Jesse won that lotto there. Oh, all right. There it was officially a lotto. Excellent. I, I gotta I gotta re up my uh, credentials over for the Colorado Eagles so I can maybe go to some uh, Stanley Cup games again next year so I can get in one of these lotteries. I might be the way yeah. To go. Yeah. Hopefully, if they go back to Europe, we uh we get to go next time. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. At return of AJ is where you can find him. On Twitter and uh, at DNVR underscore Avalanche. Uh, they got the great coverage. We've got our great baseball coverage all about the Rockies, World Series, and just anything and everything having to do with baseball at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. And follow Susie. She's there at the World Series in Philadelphia at the Susie Hunter uh, on Twitter. She's having I can't fun root against there. her. No. Like, I'll root for the Astros, but in no way do I want Susie Hunter feeling any kind of pain. Look, I, I said it on Twitter. She brought Coors Field to the World Series, and five home runs last night uh, was uh, was all the evidence you need. This has been fun, AJ. But uh, unfortunately, you know what they say about momentum: it's only as good as your next show. So we'll see you tomorrow at eleven a.m.